Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but every day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, it's been a while since I've got to say this, but how about them hogs, Chuck? Hey, that win. sure was fun. That sure was fun Saturday. I think everybody that went had a great time. That's what Muss was talking about after the game. And I, I think so. I think on Friday, I kind of expected them to compete and be an up and down game. But the fact that they won, and especially to do it in overtime and holding a team that was one of the most offensive, efficient squads in the country last year and shooting under 40 percent I mean defensively they were just all over the place well it was obvious Arkansas I mean they wanted to win the game I mean they uh it was important to them to win that game and they certainly did now you know I thought it was interesting and I think it's a good sign uh what happened late in the game and I think it shows the value of experienced players I think it shows the value of having guys who've been in critical moments before you know, Purdue's a veteran team, and it seemed like right at the end they might pull the game out the way veteran teams do. They just kind of looked that way, sort of had that feel in the last minute or two of regulation. And then Tremont Mark, who hadn't made a three all day, kind of struggled a little bit really with his shooting, you know, hits that three. And, you know, then another veteran, Al Ellis, took over in overtime, scored five points. You take a team with freshmen and sophomores, that thing doesn't get to overtime. It really doesn't. But this is a veteran team, despite the fact they've not played for the Razorbacks. It's a veteran team, and they played like it down the stretch. Yeah. What's the value of a game of this nature, You know, really for both teams, but we'll, we'll focus on the Razorbacks, having an exhibition game in October – uh, to elevate your launching pad, what's the value of that, guys? Well, I think that remains to be seen. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a little different when they play Alcorn State. You know, there's uh, there, there's not going to be a game of this magnitude until they go to the Bahamas. There won't be a game of this magnitude at home until they play Duke. You know, to use the term we were talking about last week, and Ty, you said this, I mean, hey, they sold out to win this game. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you know, I thought candidly, I thought there were times when, you know, perhaps Purdue viewed it a little bit more as an exhibition game, kind of like Arkansas did last year at Texas. And, you know, they'll get value from it. It remains to be seen again how much. But when you win a game like this and you prove to yourself that you can beat among, you know, you can beat teams that are among the best in the country, your first time out. Your first time out, um, that benefits you. I also think it benefits that they played in front of, you know, what was essentially a full house. And there are going to be pressure-packed games in front of lots of folks as we move through the year. And so I thought that was good, too. Yeah, Muss was uh, pretty happy about the crowd showing up on Saturday. What an incredible 
performance by both teams for our crowd. Like, who gets to watch that in October? It just doesn't happen. Like, th- that game was incredible for anybody that got to witness it. It really was. I mean, it was almost as good as any game I participated in. It's an exhibition game. It gave all of our new guys a taste of what it's going to be like in our building. So that's a great thing. Perhaps this increases your crowd the first two or three ball games, Alcorn State or Old Dominion, one of these early games, because now even if who has the tickets can't go, there's going to be plenty of people that want those want tickets. So instead mm-hmm. of having fourteen or 15,000 on a, on a midweek night, um, I think maybe this boosts the crowd because people are jacked up about it. People got to see it. If they weren't there on streaming, I think that might be the, the value you can put a finger on is, guys, I think this will, will make those first two or three ball games even more desirable for people to go to and if you got tickets and can't go i don't think you'll have any problem finding someone to take the tickets and go i suspect that's true um you know i I don't think it's going to be an overwhelming crowd frankly for some of these games but i think that yeah you may see an uptick in attendance because of what happened i mean you don't beat a team like that and not have people notice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know guys i don't think that we should just overlook the fact that you know, they've gone 2-0 and at exhibition games, and they've done exactly what they needed to do in both of them. I noticed Alabama lost to Wake Forest in their exhibition game yesterday. I noticed St. John's lost to Division Two Pace in one of their exhibition games. That's Pace, New York. I didn't even know they had a school. Uh, Pace. St. John's, John's knows now. And, uh, I thought that was salsa. You know, there are uh, – um, you know, they're, these things aren't to be taken for granted. And I think what they did in both these ball games, even the game where they stomped them, um, they did. You know, they didn't let them stay in the game at all. And then Saturday, they won a game over a good team at a critical moment at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's the best thing that comes out of it. So you mentioned this during the radio broadcast, Chuck, that they scanned over 15,000 tickets. You sold 19. 19- 200 but you scanned over 15,000 tickets what I would say to your program I know you gave away some tickets on Saturday morning at some point if you're not going to go at any point this season like you're talking about people will go so if you guys want to send if y'all want to call us and give away your tickets we have listeners that want to go because Saturday I think was a game where the season ticket holders maybe there were some season ticket holders there I think there was a lot of people on Saturday that that will be either one of the few times they go this year, one of the only times. And well, so maybe so. They got yeah. to experience that, which I you thought know, was cool. And and again, I mean, as we talked last week, I mean, this was not part of the season ticket package. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bought your tickets mm-hmm. to go to this game. Now, you know, there were some uh, seats on, I guess it was the, it would have been the east side in the upper level. You know, there were some sections there that were, uh, you know, one or two were empty. And there were one or two that didn't have very, very many people in there. And I, I don't know the exact number. I know it was a little over 15,000, as you said, from what we heard that were scanned. But, guys, it was pouring down rain Saturday. Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it's not like they come out there and pass out umbrellas <laughs> to everybody when you're standing to get into that building. And they were there early. Uh, you know, they were lined up in the rain when I got there. I mean, just standing out in the rain, you know, waiting to get in. And you've got to really want to go somewhere to stand out in the rain when it was cold uh, waiting your turn to get in. So I think to have however many they had in there, 
Um, I thought it was remarkable, and it speaks volumes about where this fan base is in terms of basketball. Yeah, no, they love their bat, and Must touched on it. There's not many fan bases in the country that would have a sold-out crowd in October for a basketball game, and I think it helped. We talked about the help not having a football game this past week, but it was a, it was pretty cool to see how many fans showed up for this game on Saturday. Let's go to the McClarty Daniel hotline again. If you want to call or text us, you can do so at eight seven seven. Three seven seven six nine six three. It's where Charlie and Camden is this morning. What's up, Charlie? What's up, buddy? Uh, Tom, I'm not gonna let you do this to me, so I'm, I'm not even gonna say that word, Chuck. You know Don't you say can't it. say the word either, right? Yeah, Chuck didn't. Can't say, no, we can't say exhibition, Chuck. We're not saying that this morning. Told uh, our callers yeah. we're hanging up on them. They say exhibition. <laughs> oh, yeah, like. Rule. Tommy can say it. You so can say if I it, say I exhibition, am I done? For yeah, the you day? get to. I, Tommy, I've already, I've already Tommy said Tommy exhibition, exhibition, <laughs> exhibition. See you, boys. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that Purdue Twitter dude was all over. I mean, he was having a, he was really having a bad day or something. I don't know what was going on with him. Anyway, but uh, I, w- I will say this about this team. Uh, you know, we always talk about as the year goes on, much as teams get better. The fact that they just play, uh, let's be honest, this is a team, uh, Purdue's still really a good team, and they're not going to play anybody else with a big man like that. I mean, the, the challenge that they that they put together uh, on Saturday, you know, to give the, I mean, and I know they're where at home. You know, the Arkansas is going to be hard to beat at home this year, and they're going to lose some games on the road, but. You know, we always talk about winning our home games in the SEC, and mm-hmm. they're going to be hard to beat there. I'll tell you what, guys, they got a lot of options. I think you pointed that out, you know, that that they really haven't had as much of in the past. And it's multiple guys who can – kind of reminds me of the UConn team a little bit last year. It's multiple guys who can put the ball on the floor, create offense, and then find others and create for themselves. And – I think it's just important. You know, our guard play, I don't know, it might be as good as it's ever been, you know, when you look at it. And, you know, for us, much is used to going. That's a mouthful. Yeah, especially when you have that <laughs> May- Mary Day. And- it's really deep. He's, he, 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 yep. he is right about the Y'all fact good. that it's really thanks, deep. Thanks, Charlie. You know, and, and that uh, that was on display. Saturday. You know, Mus said on the pregame show, and I'm interested to see how he's going to do this. Um, they're paring it down, and they began a little bit, tried to, on Saturday, to the rotation of eight, and then three guys that will play as needed, you know, situationally, matchups, things of that nature. Now, you know, that group can change, you know. I mean, that can change. Mm-hmm. But I, I – and, and he's, he's got some tough calls to make because mm-hmm. there's some guys that can play. There are some guys that can play. And what I could tell, what I could tell Saturday, particularly among the guards, is how competitive their practices must be. Because all these guys know that when you've got that many good players, there is going to be a fine line between who plays 30 minutes and who plays eight. There's going to be a real fine line there, and I think they know that. I mentioned this to Ty earlier. You're going to have guys on this team that – transferred to Arkansas that had, I don't know, 27 or 29 minutes on average a year ago that are trying to figure out, hey, why are my minutes cut in half this year on this team? That That's going to be another challenge for mm-hmm. this uh, coaching staff. The other thing I see, 
is you're going to be able to absorb injury. We talked about that with football, with the, the defense. There's enough depth to absorb injury and, and not have a drop-off. You're going to have some of that element with this basketball team that if something happens with a player, you've got another one to step in and not have a big drop-off. Not in the front court. Well, you're right. That, that that is true. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Among the guards, you do. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. Um, front court's different. Yeah. But among the guards, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and all. So again, we're, we've been talking about they a variety get of Graham players. Melted. They got yeah. him back. And Z- and and Jalen's dealing with back spasms. Coach said after the game, they don't know if he's going to be in there for game one or game five, but. I think, um, uh, Chuck, the guy that I was probably most impressed with on Saturday was Chandler Lawson. I mean, here's a kid that's in his fifth year of college basketball. He's played at Oregon, played at Memphis, and no one was talking about this guy. I didn't think he was going to start. I didn't think he was going to play, but he's got like a seven, six-foot wingspan at 6'8". He showed the ability. He's the one that kind of got their offense going with that early three, hit a pull-up jumper, had an and one. I mean, he was the guy I was most impressed with on Saturday. Well, you know, I was impressed with a lot of them. I would say I was most impressed with him, but I was impressed. I mean, he's a, he's a good player, and you know, he strikes me as a guy that, um, you know, sometimes when you talk about someone being a gamer or a baller, some people call it, you know, we think about that in terms of points, making big baskets and big moments, and that's certainly part of it. But he's the kind of guy that, I mean, he's a gamer without necessarily scoring a lot of points. That's, yeah. that's, that's how he strikes me, that he really competes, but he doesn't have to score for that to necessarily help you win. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, Coach was very complimentary of him after the game. First of all, his coachability is off the charts. I mean, he's as coachable as any player I've ever coached. Uh, he really wants to please. He's a great talker in practice, meaning he, he echo play calls. He's talking on defense. He's in the right position. And then you look at the number of games that he has from an experience standpoint of starting, and I thought he was phenomenal defensively. I mean, the block shots and, you know, he hit a big shot early in the game when we were kind of you know what's going to happen with us offensively and you know he's a great teammate like I mentioned he's really great for the coaching staff they all love when he comes to their drill they love coaching him he's got a real positive upbeat vibe to him you Tommy asked a good question earlier don't know if this starting lineup is going to be the same when Duke rolls in to Bud Walton Arena but I I think he's even if he doesn't start he's definitely going to be a factor this season Spencer is in Springfield this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline Spencer welcome into the program Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? We're good, man. Good. Hey, I was just going to echo what you said there. I really thought Lawson did an excellent job on Saturday. I was there, and like you said, uh, that was probably one of those games that, for me, uh, I may not get to go to another one this year, so I was just really fortunate to get to go. But, man, I thought Lawson, I mean, you could tell he was a little outmatched by Edie, but he kept his position well. I, I just thought that was incredible to be able to limit him like he did. I thought that was awesome. And, I, I mean, we've got a lot of guards that can score. I was – it was crazy and can run point. I saw, you know, five different guys running up the floor, it seemed like, on Saturday. But I, I thought that was that was really good. And we had some, some good ball movement at times. I wish we could have stayed on that a little more, but – I know that'll come along as, as they get some chemistry put together, but um, that and I, I was going to say Lawson looks good. Brazil is just a superstar, and, and I could be a little biased because he's a Springfield boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know I live five minutes from where he went to school, but 
uh, I, I just think he is a he is an all he, he's got to be an all conference guy. He looks like it. Um, his defense was just incredible on Saturday. You saw him create I mean tons of turnovers. It seemed like he was probably double digits on if it wasn't steals. You know, Watson steals put together. Yeah, he's he's definitely played good defense, Chuck. I thought and still think, and I really wanted to mention this this morning, how remarkable it is what's happened with Brazil. I mean, guys, we're less than a year removed from when he was injured in Maui. Mm. I mean, we're, we're, we're 11 months, basically. And I see no residual effects. And you don't say that very often about someone who's undergoing ACL surgery. Now, they may be back and they may be playing and – but you see residual effects. Him and I've not seen it. Now, it may show up, but I've not seen it so far. And I thought about this during the game, after the game, about, you know, the process from, from the actual surgery, you know, the surgeon, mm-hmm. to the rehab people, to the physical therapy people, to the strength and conditioning staff. And I'm leaving people out. I know I am. But how good they must have felt watching him mm-hmm. play on Saturday. That is a remarkable thing that we're watching right here from a medical standpoint from an athletic standpoint and you have to give the kid credit because the day after the operation he's in the building yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean just just all the way around for him to play at this level 11 months after the surgery is one of the most incredible things i've seen in a while yeah and you just think i mean 25 or 30 years ago this those were oh, career enders. Absolutely. And now how, absolutely. how modern Never be medicine. the same. Yeah, modern medicine. I, I've always equated it. I've never been through anything like that. Ty, I know you have. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, Chuck, you, you, you'll, you, you could equate to this. We all drove a car at some point that it would start to die or sputter when you, when you, when you went to go. And it's kind of like turning left. You, did, you weren't going to turn left against heavy traffic when you knew that car could die at any moment as you're doing that. You know, that, that knee or that whatever you're coming back from, there's a little bit of element where you it's just scary. don't have the confidence to really push the throttle. Yeah. And you got to get through that mentally as much as you do the physical rehab. And Brazil, that's what I see is no timidness in his, in his approach to play. When you talk to him, you know, you realize how mature he is. He really is mature. And he's a kid that, you know, in retrospect – it's not surprising that he handled it the way he did because he um, he's a special kid, not just from a basketball standpoint, but he's a special kid. Yeah. You'll get a chance to talk to him, whether it's Eric Musselman Live or a post-game interview. I wonder, and, and this big, uh, I think, a question he would, you know, it'd be interesting to hear the answer. How much did you learn watching the last year? Having to watch the practice, having to be an observer rather than a participant I'm sure there was, you know, while it's hard to understand at that moment, some value gain and and being one of the guys just absorbing it without being there. I, I'd be interested to know how much better he got just watching because he had to have learned some stuff doing that. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. And that's really all you can do. Yeah. You know, when you're in the situation that he's in, that's all you can do. And if you're into it, as he was, you will. So I'm sure that helps him a lot, yes. And I, what I noticed uh, on the game on Saturday is how excited his teammates were anytime he made a play. So to open the half, he hits those back-to-back yeah. threes. And then there's Debo gets that steal, right? Debo could have gone and dunked it or laid it up, but intentionally left it for Trevin, 
to go throw down that tomahawk dunk. I mean, he is a guy that his you could tell his teammates really like to play with him and are trying to get because they know how important he's going to be this year. And that was what I I saw from Saturday. Well, he's the best dunker, and um, <laughs> you know if you want to get the crowd on their feet, he's the one to do it. It was uh, you had some you had some highlight calls too. I know again the I mean the Mark hitting that shot, Trevin's dunk, LLS had that key and one in overtime. I mean. Chucky, did you have to contain Z? Did you have to settle Z down and tell, hey, Z, we still got we still got a bunch of games left this year, man? You know what's strange is most of the time when you have your first broadcast, you're playing an exhibition game against a Division II school. You know, we'd always do one of the two games, the bigger of the two, or the one that didn't fall on a Friday night. And, you know, you had a little opportunity to, you know, play against a team where it wasn't a pressure situation. You weren't going to have a moment that you had to be ready for, and I'm going to tell you, for, from my standpoint, I think Matt's too. I mean, you know, you're calling what feels like a Final Four game right out of the yeah. gate. So it was uh, – Pressure on you. <laughs> well, not so much that. It was an intense day, yeah. and it felt intense. You could feel it from the minute you walked in the bill. I felt it the minute I got out of the car. When I saw those people lined up in the rain when I got out of the car – Oh man, this is going to be a good day. It's yeah. going to be. I, I just remember. I, I'll, I'll go to what Painter said before the game. No, no, this is a real game. Like this is on television. This is a real <laughs> game. Yeah. And you go to I mean, Hopefully, it's not a silly question, but do you go to play to win. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else is there? When I saw Zach Eady and Devo Davis diving both on the floor, and that one collision where Devo and him got yeah. banged up, you could tell. I mean, the players yeah. knew yeah. how intense this game was going to be. Yeah. Well, you know it's basketball season, Chuck, because Eric Musselman Live is back at Sassy's starting tonight. tonight. You, you can get you a gut full of uh, those uh, those award-winning smoked wings tonight. I can. L. Ellis is going to be there, by the way, tonight. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
I know Brent was happy with the team's performance on Saturday. Brent, welcome into the program, man. How about them hogs? How about them? Man, it was like it was like a mid it was like a I, I smoked I smoked as many cigarettes that Saturday than I did when we played Kansas. <laughs> I mean, it's got me I am just I was just so glad to to listen to that on the radio because I got going, I was doing some errands, and we started playing good, and I said, I can't leave the band. Go after the game. I can't move them. Superstitious like that. But I tell you, I'm excited about our team, and I'm so glad that the Razorback fans have something to look, <coughs> look forward to. I mean, can I quit smoking those cigarettes, Brent? They're guy. killing you, man. I got choked up. I was drinking the Diet Coke cup. It went down the wrong way. Right. But uh, I'm just so glad we got we got something to look forward to. And I want to ask y'all a question real quick. What should we look for from the offense at this, in this game Saturday at Florida? That's a great question, Chuck. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's the element of the unknown. And, you know, I I suspect that we will see perhaps a little bit more I hesitate to say more RPO because they've used RPO, and um, it's 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 not like that's been completely absent. Um, but I do suspect we'll see some of that. Uh, maybe some different reads for uh, KJ. You know, maybe reading the end as opposed to the safety. I don't know. Um, and I think if they have success running the ball, they'll go tempo, 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 tempo. That was the mm-hmm. word I wanted to throw in. I I think you'll see that. Uh, you know, everything else you said is right. They, it's not like they haven't done RPO. They haven't done tempo as consistently, and, and that's the one thing you heard KJ really talk about in that interview with Matt and Phil on halftime, and um, I, I think you're going to see a good bit of tempo in this game when, when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to win first down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be second and 12 and go tempo. It's not going to happen. You, you know, you've, you've still got to, when you're first and 10 at your own 25-yard line, um, and, you know, your first play, you get one or two yards or you lose one or two yards, <laughs> you're not rushing to the line of scrimmage, Mm-mm. you know. So, um, yes, when the situation presents itself, you will. But here's the key. You've got to put yourself in that situation. Situations don't just pop up. You've got to put yourself in that situation. And if they do, yes, they'll – They'll use a lot of tempo. What do you think Florida's mentality is heading into this game? They lose a rivalry game, a game they competed at least for a half, and then just kind of let the rope Well, we don't know yet. I mean, it's Monday morning. We don't know yet. They're going to say all the right things. I'm sure they have. And it's just something that we may not, frankly, from our side, find out until Saturday. They may have a feel during the week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. But it, we won't know until we get there. Is all this focus and attention on the basketball game and the basketball team actually good for this football team that's had a lot of you know, a lot of tough criticism, and rightfully so, is taking the spotlight off of them at least, even if it's just for a few days, is that is that a, a good thing at least from Arkansas' side of things? I don't know. It could be. You know, might be. Um, might not have any effect at all. It's hard to say. I think these guys – perhaps more than people realize do uh, at least most of them um you know they they put on the armor and they you know they've they've dealt with this now for a few weeks and so 
maybe, and I don't spend a lot of time on X or Twitter, whatever it's called right now, maybe they're not as big a topic of conversation after basketball as they were before. I don't know. Um, it could. I mean, it could help. Um, but you got to go out there and play well. Yeah. For whatever reason, whatever gets you there, you got to go out there and play well. I, I think it has the potential to do that. I, I think what some people were saying on social media this weekend is they felt like that Arkansas basketball showed every bit of heart and intensity for an exhibition game, and they just want to see that for the football well, team. I just know no one suggested to me who should be fired over the weekend. No. I didn't have anyone... You know, you want to be the HR director at the University of Arkansas hey, firing people. So listen, that didn't come up in conversation this week. And weekend. I'll say this. Musk goes on morning rush on Friday. They beat a top 25 team. I don't know if there's, no a, cor- I don't know if there's a correlation there. I'm just saying that uh, that did end up happening to this point in time. We had a lighter SEC slate this past weekend. Um, this weekend, though, I mean, it ramps up. You got the granddaddy. You got LSU going to Tuscaloosa. What's going to be a hellacious game? I don't know if that's the granddaddy. Sen- that's the game people look forward to every year as an SEC football fan, regardless be, if you yeah. hate. That's the game every single year. Every- I don't think they're going to be paying attention to it in Georgia like that. I'm I- not going to pay that. I, I mean, I'm going to, you know, if we get back in time, I'm going to watch it. But, um, you know, it's it's not the game of the year. I'm I'm I've got my well. They have a good game. You mentioned Georgia, like they got Missouri in a game that I don't think many fans in Athens expected that to be a tough challenge. But I don't think Georgia can sleepwalk in that game, even with being at home. Oh, no. That'll be a game I mean, that Eli Drinkowitz will have a good game plan heading into uh, Sanford Stadium this Saturday. I think that's going to be a good game. Missouri played Georgia well in Columbia. I'm sure that um, yeah. I'm sure they've got Georgia's attention and. You know, again, I'll go back to the way they played against Florida Saturday. Um, You know, when a lot of people wondered what it would be like without Brock Bowers, you know, maybe Carson Beck is good. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he's good because he sure spread the ball around a lot Saturday, and they did a lot of good things on offense. I don't know how that's going to affect Florida. I I have have no idea. And um, I guess at 11 o'clock Saturday morning we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Can't wait for it. If you want to call or text us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, if you've got some thoughts on the basketball team this weekend or maybe some college football or your NFL team like the Cowboys who dominated, you can do so at 877-377-6963. You're all the kind of guys that keep the heat off as long as you can. See how oh, long yeah. you can make no. it. Throw the extra blanket on. <laughs> Chuck, no. <laughs> I used to be that way, yeah. but uh, I'm not embarrassed to run my heater and my AC in the same day. Yeah. I, I mean, my roommate and I not embarrassed. are cold-blooded by nature, so we try and keep it off. As, I know it's different being in a household with... Uh, we didn't turn it on, on yet, but I bet, I bet when I get home today, it's... It's, it's going to be on. It's on, but... Uh, hey, mine's I, going full yeah. blast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I any, turn, any man that's trying to beat the GPS... And beat the time of the initial GPS uh, loading on their screen is a man that will keep the heat off as long as he can. <laughs> I I try uh, I turn my fans off. Like my fans run the mostly of, yeah. of spring, summer, and fall. But once it gets this point, it's it's just too cold. Too cold. Hey, you wait till your blood starts slowing down a little bit, boys. <laughs> yeah. That heater will be turned up a little bit more than you might think. Well, it's going to be cranked up. Well, it's going to be. Uh, you mentioned. I thought the the weather was just going to be bad the rest of the week, but for Friday, Tommy, I know there are some massive high school football oh. games in the state. You've got two of the best games in the state. Be my alma mater coming to Greenwood, and you've also got Brian at Conway. Those may be the two best games of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got 
Alma Shiloh is going to decide a conference title. You mentioned those two. I mean, that, I, was, yep. I was listening to Rex Nelson on our stations Friday night, and him and Nate Olson were going through a list of games that have a huge amount of implications on playoff seedings and conference championships. And, yes, I am glad the weather is going to be better. We've really had a very good high school football season weather-wise heading into Week 10. But, yeah, there's some massive games. And I think Bryant-Conway, Greenwood, Little Rock Christian will be the two that are at the top of most people's lists. Let me ask you a question, and I don't keep up with this as closely as you guys obviously do. Does anyone really have a chance to beat Conway? I mean, does Brian have a chance in this game? What do you think, Ty? Tommy, uh, you know, Tommy may end up calling one of these teams' games. Yeah. I'm not going to put him on the spot like that. Buck, what do you think? Buck James taking on the team he was just at. Uh, I would probably give the advantage to the home team in Conway and the Wampus Cats this Saturday. but it's I mean, game. they've been stomping everybody, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Bryant has Bryant been stomping people like that? Bryant has been, but they also lost to Little Rock Parkview, which there's that debate about who is the best team. And, you know, in different classifications, we'll never find out. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, is Bolding still the coach there? Yes. Okay. And, and his brother's on staff, too. So, um, so that that's going to be interesting to see who comes out of the 5A with Pine Bluff and – um, and Robinson and, and Parkview. And then Shiloh, they play Alma, and Alma's you know somewhat of a, a surprise based on preseason expectations. They're playing for the title against Shiloh this that Friday Bo, night. That Bo Williams kid has, like, he's his stats this year are just insane. They got beat two weeks ago by Farmington, so that okay. kind of opens the door for a, for a showdown this week there in, in Crawford County. How many people are on the coaching staffs at a school like Conway? I'm asking because I don't know. I haven't seen them this year, but I'm... I, Probably 10 or 11 would be my guess. 7A school. Yeah. Probably Do they hire consultants? <laughs> if they could, they would. <laughs> sure. funny. That is the one. Like I'm excited to go to Gainesville for the first time this weekend. But if I was in the state this weekend, I would be at a high school football you know, game. And here's the thing on these, these Friday nights, and you're right, you see a ton of assistant coaches on there. A lot of times the junior high coaches are also joining the high school staffs on a on a given Friday night. So it, sometimes it appears larger than it actually is, say, Monday through Thursday. It's a lot of coaching gear down there on the side. A lot of man. A lot of pullovers. Gonna see say, a lot of, a lot of quarter shirts. zips, yeah. baby. <laughs> I was gonna say you. I was thinking you might have to uh, rip out the lawn underwear out this weekend, Tommy. But you might be okay if it's sixty or seventy. I'm Listen. hoping we we have been fortunate to wear long sl- or a short sleeve shirts. Have not broke out the long sleeves once this year, and uh, I'd like to kick off Friday night in uh, in the short sleeves. I, I don't think I've ever had a season where we. Didn't have to go to the uh, to the winter gear at some point in the regular season. Yeah. Well, Chuck, I, I kind of like how you framed it earlier when you were walking into Budwall Arena. The fact that you felt like this was going to be a game just based on people standing outside the rain. I mean, that I, I just thought that was cool. And we we've seen this before. Where Arkansas fans, snow, rain, whatever for basketball or baseball, they'll pile in. But I just thought that was kind of it. Kind of set the tone for you on Saturday, didn't it? Well, you could tell people were excited to be there. People wanted to go watch that game. And part of it's the promise of a good basketball season. Part of it's the opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of it's the fact it was an open weekend. And that, frankly, may be as big a part of it as anything. Uh, people are in the habit of going to games. And we've not had an abundance of home football games. You know, we spent all that time on the road. You come back, you got a home game, you lose, and then you got an open day. 
So I do think people wanted to go watch the Razorbacks play. And I, I want to give credit to Matt Painter, Purdue, because there's not a lot of teams that would do that. And he talked about how this is going to be big for his team moving forward, getting to go to a crowd like that. And there was a, also a cool connection for Purdue alums, the Gene Cady connection he mentioned after the game. This is tenfold compared to a regular exhibition game. Like, this is big time. Like, I mean, think about the hornet's nest we just walked into. They had to prepare for someone who's, you know, pretty unique. Obviously, he fouled out and was in foul trouble and was in and out. This is great for our team because it's real, right? You, you see real problems on this box score. And now it's not like you didn't go blast somebody by 40 points and then you feel good about yourself, you're nationally ranked, and it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's fool's gold. This isn't fool's gold. We got beat. Like, I've never, like, come in here and play. We've never been here before. But that's – we've led the nation in attendance since 1976. All right, so that's the, we, we walk into that every single game, every single game. I don't know what it is in the SEC. I watch on TV. I don't watch in person, but like that—that's a—that's the Big Ten environment right there. And obviously, I know through Arkansas and, and through, you know, the, the tales to Coach Katie because Coach Katie was here with Eddie Sutton, so he always loved the people of Arkansas, always loved the fans and how passionate they were. And I know the fans here love their basketball. You know, if I'm Matt Painter, I go home with the knowledge that I'm probably not going to play a game in which my guards get hounded the way they got hounded Saturday at Bud Walton Arena. And I think that's probably the ben- uh, the biggest benefit for Purdue. You know, just from the outside looking in, you know, that would be the thing that I would wonder if they don't benefit from because, I mean, they were harassed. And, you know, that Smith kid's got an Arkansas connection. His mom was... Um, I guess Miss Basketball in Arkansas, played mm-hmm. for Caddo Hills. His dad was Mr. Basketball in Indiana. But that kid had no choice but to be good, and he is a good player. Uh, he's a little bit undersized, but he's a really good player. And but, but I think they go home with the idea that, hey, we just played probably the most physical backcourt we're going to play for a while. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Must said after the game, he didn't know what to expect on Saturday. Arkansas beats Purdue 81-77 to in overtime. Here's what he said about figuring it out after the game. I'm really, really proud of our team because we have so many new faces. We're trying to figure out go-to sets. We're trying to figure out who's going to have the ball in their hands. We're playing against a team that's so well coached and is very physical and very tough and has a unique player, a star player, potential national player of the year. And, and I thought that in the first half, they 
you know, they executed the game plan as good as they possibly could, meaning our guys. Chuck, it was really clunky to start the game. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers. The offense just looked out of sync. But once they started getting in rhythm, you can tell they are going to have a lot of options this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in the backcourt. They've got a lot of interchangeable parts there. And those guys have got to be getting after it every day because there's only so many minutes. And as we've seen before, as we move along, that's going to pare down. And I just thought all of them competed. Even early on when it was sloppy, you could tell that there was an intensity mm-hmm. and that there was going to be a competitiveness to this game that you don't see during the course of an entire season sometimes, much less in a preseason game. And I think you can make the question or make the point. I don't think it's really debatable that for, for a few games, for a little while, till maybe you get to the Bahamas, practices may be more competitive and more intense uh, and at a higher level than maybe some of the games you're going to see. No disrespect to the opponents, but I think that's just the reality. Well, it is, and you better not make mistakes because even if you win, your coaching staff's going to be looking for those mistakes. And even in games where the outcome, you know, and for all intents and purposes may be over quickly, you know, who's going to win or lose, there's still going to be a lot of coaching going on, and there's still going to be you know, competition for those minutes in those types of games. And so, yeah, they should win those games. They should win them with relative ease. But you don't want to be the one guy screwing up all night because you're not going to play as much in the next game probably. I even think about a true freshman, Layden Blocker, who hadn't spent <sighs> much time talking about him. But he doesn't Ooh, look he like – He can play now. Yeah, he didn't look like he does. He wants to sit the rest of the season. I mean, we He's saw – He's not him. scared. Uh-uh. He is not scared. He just stuck his nose right in there. I was really impressed with him. Tax the rim. Chuck, you mentioned uh, earlier LL is going to be with you tonight on Eric Musselman Live at Sassy's. And uh, I, L had – an outstanding overtime five points hit some clutch shots had that one fadeaway three in the first half as the shot clock winded down i thought he really took over after mark kind of closed out regulation on saturday you know must said a minute ago in that clip he said we're trying to find out who our go-to guys are well who we want you know he said who we want the ball you know who we want the ball with in the critical moments well i think tremont mark and l ellis probably fall into that category Mm-hmm. based on what we saw Saturday. So I think not only did you win the game, but you do learn things about your team. Because, you know, again, Mark, I mean, you know, that's his first three of the afternoon. And then he goes to the foul line when he had really been struggling. He goes to the foul line, and I mean knock the bottom out of two of them. I don't, I don't have the play-by-play in front of me. That might have been into overtime. But – I mean, he was just pure on those. The moment did not matter to him. I mean, he was not awed by it at all. And, you know, Ellis got that and one in overtime. And those, those, are, those guys, again, are experienced players who've played in big games, just not for the Razorbacks, and now they're going to. Yeah, and I think it should, should also be pointed out, no free throw attempts in the first half, yeah. only eight in the second half of the game, but nine in overtime. Arkansas found a way to get to the line and continue the foul troubles that, that Edie eventually fouled out after sitting a lot of the game, fouled out in overtime. I, I thought Arkansas getting to the free throw line was, you know, probably the most noteworthy thing in the way that happened in the last five minutes. Driving That's what home. veteran teams do. Yep. They, you know, and and you know, I'll go back to what I said in the first hour. It kind of looked like for a couple of minutes there that Purdue was going to pull this thing out. I mean, they've got a team. They've been together. they got all six of their top seven back. they got some new guys that are pretty good. 
it kind of looked like they were going to pull it out. And then Mark hits that three. And then in the overtime, Ellis takes over. And so, you know, they, they matched up very well from that standpoint. Arkansas won the game like an experienced team wins games, mm-hmm. particularly on their home floor. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Also, want to give congratulations to some other Arkansas athletes and coaches. Colby Hale wins the SEC Coach of the Year for soccer. It's his third award. There's a bunch of other players that picked up some awards from the conference this weekend as well. Arkansas Volleyball won this weekend. They're 3-50 and all-time against the Florida Gators, and they went down and not only won, they swept Florida this weekend. So maybe that's a sign to come from your football team that doesn't exactly have a stellar record in the swamp. They haven't won down there, but maybe they can do something like the volleyball team did this weekend. That is going to do it for your Hog Update this morning, brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to pull up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Guys, I uh, did get some sad news. Matthew Perry passed away at the age of uh, 54 this weekend in his Los Angeles home. I don't know if Friends is really in y'all's category, oh, yeah. but that was yeah. that was one of my favorite shows and still is one of my favorite shows growing up and uh, got that news. My sisters were texting me about it on Saturday night. Uh, tough news out there for that uh, that family of actors because I know that they were still close to this day to this point. Well, it's an iconic show. I mean, it's part of American television history, and he was clearly one of the main parts of that. And just, just a sad deal, you know, beyond the show. I mean, it's just a, just a sad deal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think if you're in – multiple generations i mean it, because it's been on so long in syndication and rerun everybody's uh you know everybody's familiar with chandler yeah so. it was uh he's got so many uh iconic things he said over the years but again that happened uh this weekend for those that know at the age of 54 matthew perry is dead so that was kind of the the sad news that came out of this weekend Guys, it is good to have a football game in front of us. We're just, again, talking about Arkansas women's volleyball going down to Florida and winning this weekend. It's a place you've never won. I know that people were happy with the basketball team this weekend. They just want, again, something positive to talk about with this football team and the expectation maybe you'll see something differently offensively, which I don't know if it's right, I don't know if it's wrong, but there is an expectation that you could see a better offense come Saturday. Well, I think we'll see some differences. I mean, you know, you hope you see some differences, quite honestly. And when you think about what happened against Mississippi State, just to be blunt, can't get any worse. That's why they made the change. So when you make a change, you expect to see something different. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So should I put the Airbnb in Scottsdale now for the Final Four, or do you want to wait? I mean, it's refundable, so it might be a good idea, a good investment on this part, because they'll book up fast. 
We'll see who gets that assignment if we get there. Well, well, hey, if you're all in, man, you got to go non-refundable. non-refundable. Yeah. So you're having some fun. I mentioned earlier in the first hour, uh, my brother booked a flight out of Dallas to Phoenix for the weekend. And then I've uh, got a couple other uh, Morning Rush listeners that showed me their receipts of the hotel because I wouldn't be like Arkansas fans to to jump out in front of something or overreact to something, but evidently that has happened this morning. Well, for good reason. Again, your basketball team beat Purdue, who's preseason top five, returned the player of the year in Zach E, all five starters, and you're still trying to figure out your rotation and various other things. But that's what it was. And Muss, again, was very happy after the game. Touched on a couple of things, including thanking Purdue for coming to Bud Walton. Teams that, that wanted to win. I mean, you don't have that effort by, I think there was three guys in a pile. They're like a really physical team, but a really a really cool team, meaning like there was nothing dirty the whole game. It was clean, hard-nosed basketball. And you can tell they got high, high-quality guys. Like those guys were all in a heap and... And, you know, like the professionalism of of the Purdue guys, like nobody was talking to each, you know, it was like, hey, let's, Coach Painter came over, he was checking on Debo, I was trying to help up Zach Eade. Chuck, I know sometimes during the, during competition, things get a little heated, there's some jawing back and forth, but you really never saw that on Saturday, you just saw a good basketball game, Saturday at 3 o'clock. Well, you did, look, Purdue's a good program, I mean, they're a basketball school. And they take a lot of pride in their basketball program. And they have a very active fan base that follows their program. There was nobody more intense than Gene Cady. There was no one more mm-hmm. intense than Gene Cady. And Matt Painter, I mean, he's a basketball guy. I mean, Matt, Matt Painter's been around the block. He's uh, played. Uh, and he runs a good program. He's not just a good coach. He runs a good program. There's a difference. And, um, yeah, for them to come down here, you know, they didn't have to come down here. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to do that. And I'm sure they'll have a great season. I mean, they're the defending Big Ten champs, and they may win it again. There was a graphic that got popped up during the course of the game, and I, I just initially saw I screenshotted it. So Arkansas from last season to this year, we know you lost Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black, Nick Smith, a couple other guys from last year's roster that were key contributors. You lost 64% of your points, 54% of your rebounds, 67% of your assists, 56% of your blocks, and 65% of your steals. We know there's, again, crazy roster turnover. But what you turned it over with is a bunch of veteran basketball players that we saw, again, as you pointed out, at the end of the game, you're playing freshmen and sophomores. Purdue walks out of Bud Walton with the win. The senior leadership on this team just refused to quit, particularly two guys in Mark and Ellis that have been around the block in college basketball for a number of years. Yeah, when you were listing off all the things that they lost, I'm thinking in my mind, and you said it right there, was, but look at all they gained mm-hmm. in terms of guys who've been in that moment. And that matters. I mean, that really matters. Having been there before, even if it's for another team, um, we saw that, I thought, at the end of the ball game and on into overtime Saturday. And we're perhaps, I don't know if we'll see games like that in the Bahamas. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps, for intensity's sake, you might not see a game with the exception of Duke until you get into some of these really meaningful conference games. Um, I don't know. You, know. you just don't know how it's all going to unfold. But I know that you gain a lot from playing a game like that. I think Arkansas gains a lot from winning a game like that. 
and I think there's a lot to gain for Purdue, even though they didn't win. I'll tell you what, Tommy, the Duke ticket didn't get any cheaper after oh, Saturday. No. If you thought people no, no. were planning on charging an excessive amount for, for tickets, it did not go down in price after that win. Nope, uh, probably only goes up and will only get higher as you get closer to that game. And you play, what, Stanford out of the gate in uh, in Atlantis there in the Bahamas, and then, what is it, Memphis or um, I think it's Michigan. Memphis or Michigan, and yeah. the potential to play Villanova. So, and those games, you go down there and win, say, two or three, you know, it's going to ramp up the excitement. I, I just really, other than losing multiple games to, as Coach uh, Pittman says, non-logoed opponents, other than that, I don't know what could take much off of uh, of that game, you know, in a month from and now, or a little it, less than a month. And to that, they may go down there and win that thing now. Yeah, and that's that's what absolutely. Here's what we also have to think about with that. Duke has a chance, depending on how it shakes out in the next month, to be number one when they step foot into Bud Walton. You probably can get inside the top ten. I don't know if you're going to get inside the top five at that point because these other programs are going to play no name schools for the most part. But that has the potential to be a top ten matchup coming in here. When Arkansas played Auburn a couple years ago, they weren't ranked. Auburn, of course, was number one. But yeah, that is uh, that is going to be a lot of fun to this point. I told you. There won't I, be any backing down from this team. No. And that's, I think that was what's so encouraging. Because again, I thought they'd compete and I thought they'd lose close. That was my mindset heading in the game. And Musk said it earlier. It's like, I didn't know what to expect. Not only did you compete, you I mean, you dogged. I feel bad for Braden Smith. You mentioned earlier, Chuck, he didn't have any, anywhere to go. I mean, they picked him up center court or full court the duration of that game. I mean, that, he must have been exhausted after that game, the amount of minutes he played and the different guys that guarded him. And that's what Purdue takes back. You know, and I'll say what I said earlier. They will not face a backcourt in the Big Ten that will hound them the way Arkansas did. Now, there may be some guys that, and I'm sure there will be, that body them up. I mean, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure he'll face that all conference season when they get into Big Ten play. But in terms of coming in waves, which Arkansas's guards really did Saturday. I mean, he played everybody, and, I mean, they came at him in waves and hounded him from the minute they got the basketball. And um, Duke will be- or pardon me, uh, uh, Purdue will benefit from that. Yeah, and I think about the guard situation for Arkansas. So we've talked about the scoring, but we know you're not going to play on this team unless you play defense. I know Battle got that steal at center court. Devo, we know, is one of the best defenders in the SEC. Now you've got Mark on this team who's like an Audis Tony type, that 6'6 wingspan. They just kept switching guys off off Smith. And it, it was one of those things where, like you were saying, they just wore him down to a certain extent. When you have that, not only the luxury of having so many scoring options, but these guys know if they don't play defense, they're not going to play. And I guarantee you that this will be some of the best defense that they've ever played in college because they know they're not going to get on the floor otherwise. Well, the thing that I like about this group is they know how to play the game. It appears to me as though their basketball IQ is really high. Um, you know, and, and there's just a difference in how you play in the critical moments with a 21, 22-year-old and an 18-year-old. Um, I, I, don't, I don't care how good the 18-year-old is. There's just a difference. And this team, I think, will have that. I think we'll see that. I think we saw it Saturday. I'm not saying they're going to run the table. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying make make non-refundable reservations, but <laughs> I do think that that's going to benefit them a lot as we move through the year. Well, let's just go to the statue, right? So you had five guys in, in double digits. You shot the ball great from the charity stripe. Trevor Brazil back in his second game. Him and Mark both had 15. 
You lost the second chance point 17 to 0. 17 to 0. Purdue beat in that category, but you beat them in bench points, which you're going to do a lot this year. You won that category 27 to 17, and you forced 20 turnovers. This is one of the most offensive, efficient teams in all of college basketball, Chuck, and you forced them into 20 turnovers. Oh, the defense was great. What do you bet, though, Muss? As we move toward the season opener, talks about how oh, we got to get offensive rebounds, we got to get some old boards, we got to get some second chance points. That's one of the things that makes this kind of win good. Is I mean, everybody's happy, everybody's smiling when they leave the floor, and yet you've got plenty to coach mm-hmm. when you go back to work, and that's one of the areas that you do have to coach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And now, look, give Purdue a lot of credit. You know, we talked about how Arkansas's or you know Purdue's guards aren't going to face a a set of guards like, in all probability, what they played Saturday against Arkansas. Well, the Razorbacks aren't going to play a 7-4 guy again. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to play uh, a team that prides itself on going to the offensive glass. I'm not saying others don't, but that's one of the staples of Purdue's program. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but yeah, that's an area that, you know, if you – if 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 you got to pick out a spot, that would that would be the one that you'd go to, I guess. And if I told you Friday morning before the game that our, if one team was going to have seven block shots, the other three, you'd have probably guessed the guy that the team with the guy that's seven five. Yeah. You know, and Arkansas, yeah, and Arkansas is athletic. Arkansas blocked seven. Sticks. Yeah, Arkansas blocked seven. They also stole fourteen. I thought mm-hmm. that was you know you talk about that defensive intensity a minute ago. It produced fourteen steals. Uh, against Purdue. Oh, look at Chandler Lawson alone. He had three blocks and three steals. I mean, him him alone, he's a he's a guy that, again, a little undersized at 6'8", but he makes up for it with, what, a 7'6 wingspan, Chuck? It does, but great team defense begins with hounding those guards. Mm-hmm. And, man, they did it all day. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say that um, Purdue's not going to face much like that, I can assure you. Yeah, I mean, you go to – you look at Kim Palm where Purdue ranks top five – and Arkansas held them to under 40%. And then you in the second half, one of the reasons you didn't have as many second-chance points, or any for that matter, is you made a lot of shots. You shot 52% in the yeah. second half when the offense started clicking a little bit. Trevor Brazil hit two threes, kind of opened the gate. Battle hit two consecutive ones, if I remember that sequence right. They really started clicking, and then that crowd just they got a hold of Purdue a little bit during the course of that game. Yeah, and, you know, as, as Coach Painter said after the game, it – you know, it was like a Big Ten road game atmosphere. And that, again, for them to agree to come down and play in that, that, that speaks a lot about them. And um, it was just a good game, good good experience for everybody, I think. Yeah, Tremont Mark got asked after the game just about the team itself. Again, he's one of your newcomers from Houston. Here's what he said about the different pieces they have. I feel like we can do great things, you know, going into the season, going into March. If we all stay healthy, you know, just – just on both sides of the ball, we can all score the ball and we can all defend the ball at a high level, you know. So I think it'll be get scary for teams if we all lock in and, and stay disciplined on, on what we need to do. The challenge now for Eric Musselman is to keep your team at this level by playing subpar competition. You made a great point earlier. The practices are going to be more intense than the actual games in terms of the competition you play. You have to figure out between now and Thanksgiving when you go to the Bahamas that Guys, y'all got to bring it. You can't play to the level of your competition and give up. Like, they smacked UT Tyler the other night. We need to see more of those games where they just shut people up and shut them up early. Yeah, but, Chuck, you were talking about this, too. Uh, You know, even when you get in the games against, you know, Alcorn State and Old Dominion, those first two or three games, you better be on point 
If you're a reserve coming off the bench trying to make a point or a case for minutes, if you're a starter, you better not go in and turn the ball over and then have defensive failures where you don't pick your guy up or things things happen to you on the defensive end because someone's willing and ready to take your minutes. I'm going to be interested to see defensively uh, how they do some things as we move through these early games because it's not going to be the type situation where you're facing a 7-4 guy. It's not going to be the type situation where, I mean, you got to have big guys out there to defend a big guy. And, you know, Jalen Graham didn't play. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the thought is Jalen Graham's going to get some minutes. Well, when you think about, you know, Graham and and Mitchell and Brazil and Lawson, I'm going to start naming names, leave somebody out. (laughs) But when you start talking about the big guy, what are those minutes going to look like? How are those going to be dispersed? Um, you know, the opponent's going to dictate some of that, I would imagine. And so I still think that there are some things that, you know, we can learn from watching these non-conference ball games because, again, you're, you're not facing a guy like Edie. You're not facing a 7-4 giant out there. So um, there's, there's – and, and there will be other games against really good teams where you're not facing a guy like that. So how are those how are those minutes dispersed? Yeah, because we saw Makai Mitchell foul out. Chuck, he's one of your, again, big men that play. You mentioned Jalen Graham and what he factors in the rotation. We've talked a good chunk this morning about the guard aspect, but, again, the front court is going to be interesting because Muss has a decision to make um, when it gets closer to March, and he, he can vary it game to game depending on the matchup, but you are going to see some some smaller lineups than year this year than maybe you've you've had at Arkansas at points in times. And I just think when you have Lawson and Brazil on the floor at the same time, Lawson can guard basically two through five and at points he could probably guard the one. Then Brazil's kind of that same way. Then on the other end, if you match them up against the center, I mean they'll just go by him. That's the luxury you have with those two guys at that position that maybe you, you don't have with Jalen Graham and Makai Mitchell at points. Well, maybe so, and, you know, they'll have to, again, based on the opponent and who they're playing and what they think they have to do to win that game, um, you know, they'll they'll disperse those minutes the way they think gives them the best chance. But I just think that, you know, when you face the good opponents, you know, when you face the good teams, uh, you're going to have to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be big guys you've got to defend. There won't be a guy like Edie, but they're going to be big guys you've got to defend. And, you know, when he talked about, there's going to be an eight-man rotation and then three guys that, you know, play based on need. There may be one or two guys that, you know, they fall in and out of that top eight and go into that next three based on need. Mm-hmm. And they may move into that top eight again. And so it's a long, long season. And the good part is that there are lots of candidates. I mean, real prospects at a lot of those spots. And it seems like whoever wins the job, uh, you know, they will have won it over a good good player in practice. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.